0: boys episode 15 uh fpl hoof hearted uh we are without our regular host at uh, fpl fraser he's pretending he's got work to do but he's probably sitting watching another christmas movie he's he uh joined by uh, the usual that's myself alan we've got uh, karen and ed karen how are we doing i'm good yeah
1: ed good man yeah like the um specific introduction
0: I mean, it's more of a callback for what he told us like last week about poker, but, you know, that's we wee inside joke. He did say the film was terrible, to be fair, bless him. Um, right, so we thought we'd kick things off with uh, a new section segment we're calling it, Soggy Biscuit and the Ferrero Roche. So Soggy Biscuit is obviously who scored worst out of us this week. Karen, um that was yourself. Why don't you tell us how many points you got and why you got said points?
2: Uh, 45 points all in, but I took an eight-point hit to get there. So overall, a pretty dreadful game week points-wise. Starting 11 with Melly in the goal, Dyer, Robertson and Chilwell at the back. Salah saved the game week with Grealish, Fernandes and KDB in the middle of the park. Bamford and DCL got assists and Watkins was the other one up top. I think on the whole, I was was quite pleased with, with the transfers that I made. I was needing a bit of an overhaul with the team. had been pretty quiet for, for hits overall. A couple of weeks ago, when I got rid of Martinez, I was needing... Well, because Martinez didn't have a, a fixture, got rid of him and got, got Melly in. I was quite happy with his fixtures going forward. Obviously, mm. that's looking like a mistake now that he's just banged 11 points. I took oh. Dyer in last week. I watched a good bit of the Spurs game. I thought they were total control the first half. If they hadn't sat back for... Half an hour of the second half and just invited Palace on them. That was a cleanie. I was actually quite surprised with Dyer. A uh, good few attempts at goal and he's on on quite a few of the free kicks that I hadn't really kind of anticipated. So he was more of a goal threat than I thought. So I'm happy enough to keep him. He's obviously got a tough one this week, but uh, going forward should be fine. I'm Robertson, two points against Fulham. You couldn't really kind of see that coming. I thought it was a clean sheet, an easy clean sheet. Likewise, Chilwell with Everton. Yeah, big four in the midfield. It's always going to be tough when you've got KDB and uh, Fernandez are playing each other, but then it was such a dull game. Yeah, it was terrible. I think as well, we're always having Salah, you're never going to captain either of them. So I probably got away that I didn't captain any of them. Bamford and DCL getting assists could have been better, but for how quiet they both were in their games, I'm quite happy to get five off each of them.
1: Yeah, Bamford was. I mean, he was subbed early and he, he wasn't in the game as much as he usually is. Because I was, you know, because he doesn't, we were speaking last week, he's not good on bonus. And I was thinking, right, he's got an assist in the bag already. So, like, now if he gets another assist or ideally a goal, he's probably going to get all the bonus points. And he's got like 70 minutes to do it. And in the end, yeah, he, he wasn't in the game. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a worry going forward, but it was just um, kind of surprising.
2: I think yeah. the main thing with that was I think West Ham are just that much more organized than a lot of the teams that he's played recently. So all his supply lines were kind of cut off by the like a, a kind of robust centre mids and the fullback's tucking in. So he really was kind of feeding off scraps.
1: It was an Another, interesting It was an interesting game though. I know we don't want to go massive on the game reviews, but in the first like ten <laughs> minutes I thought our leads are just gonna like blow them out of the water here. They're gonna um just completely outwork them and then sort of West Ham are playing on the counter a bit, and West Ham, you know, had some great chances as well. And then it's sort of, I don't know, if, yeah, if Leeds are starting to run out of the, run out of puff a bit.
2: I think West Ham are just, they're a bit like Leeds and they've got that much energy and pace, but they're just that bit more organised, and they've got that sort of bite in the tackle. Whereas Leeds are more free flowing, but they've not got, they're not got that sort of stability that the West Ham have got, where Davy Moyes just got them really well organised as well as scoring goals. So they get yeah, kind
0: of a, bit, chaotic, off a wee bit I think West Ham looked a wee bit like sort of a kind of wily, experienced, like heavyweight boxer who sort of knows what he's doing in there against a kind of you know younger guy. And they I mean, they got plenty of experience, and usually that's they're quite turgid. But yeah, they've been good. I think if we move on to Fraser's team, who, thank Christ, he's not here to describe how brilliant he did. But the interesting thing was he had a very similar team to what lots of people have got at the moment, but. He managed to score 61 this week. He took a hit, so he's down to 57, which was, I think, about five or six above the average, even above the average of the top 10K. Um, I think, I may be wrong on that, but anyway, he had Martinez for 11. Sally's captain gets him 16. um, Bamford and assist. Shea Adams and Kane uh, with eight and nine, respectively. So he had plenty of blanks in there from big players, and he controversially brought back Trent I think to try and get a bit of a jump on Liverpool's good fixtures. And I think we were all eyeing that Fulham fixture as being a bit of a beast. But again, same as you, Karen, actually, when I, and Ed and I are sort of in between that with scoring, but he's got De Bruyne, I didn't captain him. He's got Grealish, he's got Rafinha as a kind of mad differential, which, you know, fine. I think he would have probably been quite excited by that lead start. But to be fair, 61 points, even if it's minus four, minus four were hit. It's solid enough, but it felt like a bit of a kind of 50 game week. And I felt like, especially because I'd, I'd like you say, you kind of replaced a couple of blanks. I And I didn't. I just let that ride. I think I feel like I've slightly got away with it. And I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I can kind of make a bit of a jump between now and Christmas. But but you never know. Ed, what about you? How did you get on your game week?
1: Yeah, I was 42 points. I mean, it seemed like a good week to have a bad game week. Um, as I was saying in the last pod, I, I seemed to like sort of, Have some very slightly above average game weeks, but I haven't had any sort of amazing game weeks. I mean, I've got the same sort of templatey front six that Karen's got there Greenish, Sarah, De Bruyne, Fernandez, Bamford, Calvert, Lewin. And then my other guys were Brewster, Lamptey, who combined for one. Um, Jota, who, you know, we then found out was injured a couple of days before the game started, but already made my transfer. Chilwell, obviously lost to Everton. Robertson, yeah. You know Liverpool were under the cosh for the first sort of thirty five minutes of that game, and then uh, Mellier as well. Who <laughs> as a Mellier owner, it was quite an up and down game because he was he was on like max bonus points at one point, racking the saves. He was making great saves, and then he ended up ended up with three, which is still fine. It just didn't look quite so good next to Martinez. Um, and then out of out of the Liverpool game, yeah, it's just that question mark we're talking about doubling up on Liverpool, but not if they not if they start games like that, it won't be. Um, and obviously, the the extra money to get both Robbo and Trent. I know some people are getting rid of Robertson, some to free up funds, some because they perhaps don't think it's it's worth the cash. Um, as I said, as sort of Liverpool fan, and expecting them to turn it round or like to go on a run over Christmas, I'd rather be having three assets rather than two. But at the moment, can't really fault people that for divesting. You no,
0: know, and I suppose the question then, moving on to the questions that sort of were sent in or that we kind of were headed up by, which was. What, what you got, Jota? You didn't take him out and replace him this week. It's going to be pretty tricky to get three in just because of budget, right? But what what are you sort of eyeing up now with the Jota replacement? Then,
1: yeah. So I think there's five standout sort of options. I think Zaha is the sort of not great fixtures, but if you if you can stretch him because I think he's seven point four or so, I think he's the most popular transfer in. I think the other people I've been looking at have been more downgrading to try and free up funds in my team for defense and that'd be a couple of the west ham boys um Bowen or Suchek, and similarly a couple of the fulham boys Cavalero or Lookman um so yeah i've actually already made a transfer and i've brought in lookman um and he's i was actually going to bring in Suchek, and then i did a ran the stats a bit on lookman and they basically have the same goal threat and lookman's obviously much better for expected assists and that sort of thing and fulham have three I mean, this is the thing, like, if Fulham play like they played over the last three games, then, yeah, they've got three really good fixtures coming up. Um, so, And West Ham have a pretty good fixtures as well, but I was sort of thinking, I'll bring Lookman in and I can always swap him out in five to six game weeks' time when we find out more about the doubles and all, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I
0: suppose you're not expecting returns from a guy like that, are you? It's just a bit of a bonus if you've got a... Five odd million guy, and he, he
1: can do something, right? Well, he'll for those three games. I'll be starting him as, as my fifth midfielder, but uh, I will be strengthening the defense over time, so I have the option of playing four at the back as well.
2: Um, I think we Fulham. They've they've definitely shown in the last couple of games that they've definitely they've changed something tactically. I'm not smart enough to know notice what it was, but yeah, they've definitely looked so much better after the Liverpool game, the Leicester game, and they have just got. That wee bit of stability and I think mm-hmm. because they're not conceding loads of goals, they feel they can go forward a wee bit more. As well as Lookman, I was quite taken with Cavallero. I think he was looking quite threatening in the Liverpool match. Yeah. I think, quite I a, think a, a decent he, bit of um, pace there, different options. And he's he's five point three
1: compared to five million. Yeah. So and he's on penalties. I mean, I think Lookman creates more, but if you've got the money then, yeah, Cavallero, because he's got pens and stuff, could 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 be, could be better. But I'd rather have the actual extra money Oh no, Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. Luckman has looked absolutely class Anytime we've seen them. But then I guess I suppose that the other thing, talking about sort of cheap defenders there as well was, or cheap versions of what we can maybe do. You're talking about kind of shoring up defenses. I'm having a wee look at maybe a couple of options. But one of the things that Fraser sent across was Southampton and Leicester are sort of separating themselves as the kind of best of the rest. And the really good thing from an FBO point of view is, um, certainly from a Southampton point of view, There's a lot of really good cheap options there, especially at the back and they've kept clean sheets. We sort of were on top of this at the start and then they conceded five against uh, Tottenham and everyone jumped off. Leicester are much more established at that end of the table. So if you've got a guy like Vardy coming in, then you're bringing him in for Kane. Um, You're going to have to go up to him. Madison's looking a bit lively. You've got Justin and a couple other guys at the back, but are we going to have to start eyeing these guys up purely from a practical point of view? Because it seems like a bit of a... I mean, you talked about getting rid of Robertson. You're getting rid of Robertson. You are bringing a guy like maybe a Bedronek or someone from Southampton. You get a rake of money, and these guys are scoring as many
2: points. I think like when you're saying a bit like Bedronek and uh, coming to the, the other big tall fella like Best Guard at Southampton, Southampton have got loads of paste in the wings, and they are getting a load of balls in. So they're definitely a threat from, from corners and even just a general attack. With like, say, with like Leicester, I've, I've been on the Vardy train. He's only on it for a couple of weeks. Eh, End up selling him to, to free up to get Salah in. Okay, not a great move this week. But last couple of weeks, he got his goal in injury time, but he really didn't do anything. He's not, uh, he's not pleasing to watch and it's... 10 million, I was I was wondering, right, what am I actually doing here? He was struggling against Fulham. Struggled the other week as well. I certainly didn't see that Hall coming coming yesterday. So I think with already he's a, their main point for scoring goals, but I'm happy to be off him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. It's an it's an interesting one. I, th- I just think I think we've t- talked about it recently about where you're putting big money, and I think the big money's probably going midfield. And if you've got a K and he's ticking over, you're not going to dump him for Vardy. So it's probably the case that if you've if you've had Vardy from the start, you're probably riding him all season because you know you're going to get a bunch of weeks where he does nothing and a bunch of weeks where he does something. And the interesting one, I think, uh, much more interesting one is probably Danny Ings, that once he gets back up to fitness, he was, you know, you were big on him pre-season care and he is just a guy that ticks on something fierce. And he's he's pretty cheap considering other options in that area. And I don't know, I think the, the, structure of a lot of people's teams is mainly either two cheap in Kane or three cheap so it'd be a bit of a call to get him in but if he's fit and Southampton are playing well he's going to score goals
2: right I think yeah he's on fire and he's got penalties I suppose most, most importantly he only just came back from injury he was on for the second half last week and he, he got the penalty Yeah, but I think probably more importantly it's the differential he's only 8% owned as well uh, what is he 8 million I think he is Somewhere around that. He's started at oh, eight, we started at eight. We at so eight point four now. But only eight percent owned. So he's. They've got. They've been the conference. They've got. Even if they do get a couple of tough games, they've got City and Liverpool in the next five. But even like to play an Arsenal tomorrow. There's nothing really for them to fear about that. I think the the pace yeah. they've got, they'll they could easily score something against Arsenal. And yeah, the amount of penalties that are flying about, Ings is a great option. I think in the midfield, they're probably there's too many options. Like Armstrong's getting a couple of goals, cuts at a couple of goals, so they're a wee bit kind of spread. Uh, yeah, one
0: of Both those two. it's a bit of a punt, I think, if because yeah, but and that's the the standout is obviously Ings, and then I suppose segueing from that is like uh, Fraser brought this up when we we're having a different chat. Was he, he was talking about? He has Robertson and Trent, and he's sort of looking at his team now in that way that Fraser does because he loves taking big hits and making structural changes. His thing was, well, why am I not eyeing up, say, City fixtures because they're turning, they're looking really quite good, they're looking really solid at the back, but he didn't like how expensive they were. But are we just being given an absolute gift with John Stones at 4.8 million? That just seems like he's not going to get out of the team until he sort of falls over and, you know, gives away a one-on-one and they lose one nil against someone, and then, fine, you know it's coming, but... Is he a little bit pep roulette-proof and 4.8 for a guy playing for a team that, well, let's face it, once they get going, they are probably only have Liverpool as competition for the title, right?
2: I just said at 4.8, he's worth the punt because he's not the sort of guy that's going to get subbed on. So you're not going to get many kind of one-pointers off him. You're either going to get the full six or nothing at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just that pep roulette. Do you want to... Like 4.8 it's getting a wee bit expensive for, for somebody who's going to potentially sit on the bench and he could completely just fall out of favour again. They, yeah, for, true. For that sort of money, you're getting a Southampton defender who's going to play every week and you're getting a goal threat from him. Okay, not as guaranteed clean sheets, but you're going to get somebody who's going to play 90 every week.
1: Yeah, I've been looking at him because I've already made my transfer jotter out, but I've also, with Lampty not playing in that other game, I'm I'm sort of waiting. I mean, the press conference is very, but waiting if there's any more news tomorrow because I've got two other non-playing defenders pretty much so I might end up taking a hit using the money that I've now got from um, transferring down Jota and I'm looking at upgrading Mitchell so they've got a bit more bench cover going forward and that will be to probably yeah, a Man City player and it's just that question of whether or not it's Diaz for slightly more security of starts and I'd say probably bigger goal threat or, or Stones
0: yeah, so I get, I mean, this is maybe jumping as a head to transfer chat as well, but then it's a good point because I was sort of eyeing up like, so my back three at the moment is Chilwell, Kurt Zuma and Robertson. And that was a wee bit by accident rather than design because I couldn't afford to get Chilwell when I went for him. And I just wanted the Chelsea defender when they made the reshuffle. Um, I put on Twitter, is Zuma to John Stones a good move? It would give me a bit of extra cash to upgrade, um, upgrade, um, bench options and move me away from a double Chelsea defence, which isn't an ideal long-term situation, but then Chilwell and Zuma have proved pretty good points. So the the poll that I put on basically is split all the way down the middle between good move, Christ knows, and bad idea. So I'm going to leave it a week purely because they're playing Wolves away and Wolves don't really score that many goals at the moment. Um, And I think that's a fine fixture for Chelsea. I guess the interesting thing is... Whether or not, and it's a, there's a few guys popping up. Karen, you mentioned it with Dyer. Um, some folk on Twitter have mentioned Lindelof, although I'm not trusting Man United as far as I can throw them. But if if you had a back three of, say, Dyer, uh, John Stones, and Reese James, who all look really quite solid, look good for points. That's a hell of a lot cheaper than me rocking my Zuma, Chilwell, Robertson. You know. At the same you'd time, you need
1: the backup though.
2: At the same right. time with yours, you've got some goal threat, though. Zuma's up for every corner. Chilwell's up all the time. And Robertson, yeah, you know you're, what you're going to get with them. It depends how much... It depends kind of what you're going to do with the rest of that cash. But I'd be happy enough with it. Chelsea, for the next four, they've, they've not got anybody easy, but it's more just four awkward fixtures. So Wolves, West Ham, Arsenal and Villa. So nobody terrible, yeah. but they're not going to concede that many goals unless Mendy has a few more flaps and assaults folk in the box like he did. And then they've got City and, mm-hmm. City and Leicester. But then if you're going to hang on to them that long, they've got a great wee run after that. So 19-24. Yeah. So, well, there was
1: this chat on the WhatsApp group about Chelsea's not actually be, beating anyone good this season. They've lost yeah. lost all the games to the good teams. So it's... Um, I, I'm sort of in the back of my mind thinking about either upgrading or downgrading Chilwell. Um I mean, yeah, I just, I think the next few games for Chelsea will be pretty key just to see if, see what, how the defence, how the defence is doing. And I think, yeah, my question there to you, Petty, was who are your fourth and fifth defenders? Because you don't want to be lining up with Reese James and Stones and then to...
0: No, but that was the key, was it meant I could do something like bring in, say, Taylor from... um... Okay. Burnley and I've already got Lewis, although he did get subbed off at the weekend for Newcastle and I wouldn't ideally want him to be yeah. playing. No, become uh, like
1: the 4.4s are so much. I mean, Taylor's probably the pick of the 4.4s. I think Balbanu might still be 4.4, but there's, I think it's just Lewis at 4.3 because I'm sort of in the similar boat where I'm looking at Kilman and I, I'm happy to hold on. I'd taken Mitchell out first before Kilman because I still think they could change formation or obviously one of the centre-backs get injured. It was a bit worrying as a Kilman over that Say started... Um, in, yeah. in the back four when when Bolly wasn't fit. And the, and the other two that we sort of touched on there with the Southampton Leicester, obviously, um, KWP and Justin, I think one of the biggest mistakes, of this, not biggest mistakes, but one of the sort of reflections was about Justin. I mean, I never expected him to get... I, I guess I expected Pereira to be back sooner or there to be more rotation. Yeah. I mean, he just completely nailed down that spot and it's not just like grinding out the odd clean sheet. He's, he's had plenty of assists this season. I think he's... Um, yeah, whenever he does well, I feel my rank just plummets. <laughs> and so it's, it's similar to KWP because I started with him and then yeah. that was game three two where it's just like oh god, I've got McCarthy and KWP, they just can't handle people playing on the counter-attack against them. And then he, he's quietly gone about his businesses and has obviously been miles better than Lampty at that that price point. So so yeah, and Lampty's another one that I'm probably gonna be getting rid of when I've got when I've got the time.
0: Oh, it's so yeah. tough with a guy like Lampy, isn't it? Because anytime you watch him, he's like the best player on Brighton. Like by a like he's just so dynamic, and you can tell why big teams have been sniffing around him. But
1: I just think Brighton—they need, they need to start picking up points. I mean, yeah, it, you know, yeah, they're in trouble. It's flattering to, to deceive a little bit at the moment.
2: I kind of what you're saying about the Southampton defence there with, with KWP. I felt that like this week when my my team was getting absolutely tanked. That was just yet another game week where my game week one team was trolling me. i had yeah. this fantastic lineup where like you were saying about McCarthy, Justin, KWP, yeah, I suppose so on as well. But yeah, there's all these guys who are banging points week in, week out, and I just have I just stuck and just left the damn thing alone, walked away for ten weeks, I'd be wee, I don't know, at least a lot a cup good couple of hundred thousand higher than I'm now.
1: Yeah, I th- I'm just looking, I've got my game week team one up here and I've got the two, I've got Trent and Robbo and then I've got KWP, Taylor and Mitchell. So I had two 4.5s and one 4.0. So like, I mean, maybe I could have started Justin instead of Taylor or KWP, you know, it, that's a bit of a push and I think he's obviously done better than than we expected. But um, I know, yeah, plenty of people started with him and have just rode him for the last 12 game weeks.
2: Which- with that, I probably still would have had Obama Yang and my team was we stuck with game week one. So yeah, it has been my response. <laughs> I just looked at my game week one
0: team and it's got like Trent, got injured. it's got Ailing, who you know Leeds never really went on that big clean sheet run I thought they were going to get. It's got St Maximan in it, it's got Havertz, it's got Werner, it's got Obama Yang, it's got Mikel Antonio. No wonder I wildcarded early. That was fucking horrible. <laughs> Um, Right, so I guess the next thing, we've kind of done a bit about transfer chat there in general. So, Kevin, have you got any transfers you're sort of lining up before we move on to captains?
2: Well, after my kind of big restructure with minus eight, I'm I'm reasonably happy with the team. I've got the same sort of issues as what Ed was saying. With Mitchell and Kilman, I just need a wee bit bit more cover. I'm not desperate for the cover, though, because I've got Mendy as my first sub, and he's playing every week 90 minutes for, for Leicester. Yeah. At four and a half, so... He's a bit of a boring one to come off, but he's he's continually just getting two points. Yeah, that's fine. I'm kind of one of the things I'm kind of looking at for the next few while is eyeing up. I think it's game week 18 double game week fixtures. No, so 18's a blank, 19's probably gonna be a double game week. The fixtures are coming out later this week or start next week for for January. Yeah. So I'll hang off, probably just keep my transfer. It's still a bit early for planning for it, but I'll see who's who's getting what. Yeah, I
1: think the only thing we knew is that obviously West Ham were going to be one of the, the doubles. And that was another thing in the sort of back of my mind thinking, right, it can always good to bring in someone like Bowen and and because they've got decent fixtures running up running up and all right fixtures running up until then. And similarly they've got still some sort of four point five ish um defenders. Yeah.
2: yeah. Keen to just see even just see what the blank is as well. Who's all got the blank and exactly when things are falling? It's only one transfer I've got, but I'm also half tempted we, we're getting rid of Steer, like for a sub goalie, but then that's just it's essentially just burning a transfer. So it's probably keep defensive guys, but to really do anything, I probably need to do uh, like sell somebody to get somebody else. Otherwise, my only option is Kilman so, uh, for Lewis, like you're saying. So I've got 4.2 with 0.1 in the bank.
1: Yeah, yeah, steer, taking out steers sort of thing I'd do if I had two free transfers and absolutely nothing to do with them. I'd have no issue doing that. And I'd probably bring in someone that was either cheaper or my main reason for taking out steers to like free up a third Villa spot so that when they have their um, double game weeks and stuff, I can bring probably Martinez back. But it
2: will be Watkins in, on top of Grealish to, um, to begin with, I expect. Part of the reason for. Um... I'm almost kind of not wanting to touch the Sear thing because that's me almost admitting defeat with Meli. Like he has got a good run of fixtures. Mm.
1: Oh, you mean I, to have two playing keepers?
2: Either to, to get rid of steer and then maybe swap Martinez to Meli or something, but, or just to get rid of... I can't make up my mind. It's probably <laughs> going to be... It's probably going to be getting rid of one of the cheap defenders.
0: I think my... my thing because oh, yeah, yeah, like you've got what...
2: I'm
0: going to... I mean, I'm going to roll my transfer this week, so I've got two for next week. I'm worried about the double game week. I'm worried about the blank week. I would be making cosmetic changes, and I've got Lewis as a backup, so I don't drastically need to do anything. I do feel like a bit like in the early season, because I do remember thinking back, I took Antonio and moved him on to DCL after game week one, and that was just an open goal move. Um, I feel like that's a bit of a move now, but again, it's just the next fixture has got me thinking, I'm just going to keep, what's the point in punting Zuma for John Stones? for one game week, it just feels ludicrous, so I'm not going to do it. Speaking of ludicrous, I assume most people are not going to do anything ludicrous beyond captaining KDB or Bruno this weekend, but I'm not sure if everyone, does everyone have both of them in their team? I've got both. Yep. So Fraser doesn't, so his hands are pretty much tied to the to the KDB train, but what are you guys thinking about captaincy? I personally think KDB is a much better option, but I'd be very easily swayed towards uh, Bruno if sort of the whole community and FPL or fantasy football scout showed me that it was like 90% Bruno or something. Like I would be terrified, but I really think
2: KDB at home at West Brom seems like an open goal to me, to be honest. It does a wee bit, but then we discussed before about how good Fernandez or well, Bruno is away for home. And having seen how terrible Sheffield United are, they've just, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no threat there whatsoever that, He could well go. Bruno could could go daft there, and he's a lot better away from home than than home, as we discussed. KDB, he's got a much quicker turnaround time, so he's playing on Tuesday, yeah, compared to Bruno and Thursday. So there's potential rotation risk with that. I suppose if you're going to, the only thing is if you're going to captain and then have the other one vice captain, the chances are KDB still going to come on in like 60 minutes or whatever if he is a sub. And yeah, there's there's always a chance he might score. Against West Brom in that last half hour, he comes on. The
1: flip side of that is that Fernandez has a game on Sunday against Leeds, and obviously they probably assume that Leeds is going to be a much sort of tougher game, so they might be more inclined to sort of save him a little bit for that. I mean, I expect them both to play, and I'm KDB cap all the way. I don't think it's well. I'm not saying it's not close, but I think it's yeah, it's sort of clear KDB for me. I mean, it's not. It's not like not only has he scored points in the last couple of games he's played, but he's. Been on the you know the verge of getting an absolute mega haul in both of them. So, oh, sorry, before the um, before the Man U game, obviously.
2: Even though he's playing for a city tribute band. I think they're coming back.
1: In that
0: Manchester United game. Oh my god. No,
1: yeah, I think I think that was a that was a weird one, wasn't it? It was sort of a lack of desire, like uh, you know, managers sort of not wanting to just settling shaking on the draw. It was, yeah.
0: It was a weird one. I wondered if. It was a little bit of being caught. And The biggest thing, I mean, you know, these articles get punted out every time Man City sort of fail in a big game. And we talked about it earlier in the season. We were like, they haven't spent big money on certainly a big attacking player or a big name to sort of refresh that, certainly attacking two-thirds. And then, you know, we thought maybe Foden would be the guy who made the leap this year, and he's not. And Ferran Torres is okay, but he's not great. And I, I, I wondered if it's a combo of He didn't feel like he had the players. He didn't feel like he had the players in form. And he sort of thought, if I really open up and go for this, Man United are actually one of the few teams that have a really good handful of players that could just score without much. You know, Rashford has a decent record. Martial scores against Man City reasonably regularly. Bruno has been popping up like crazy. I think he just maybe slightly overthought it. And I thought he maybe could have gone for the jugular, but I also understand why he maybe didn't.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely got a bit of the fear of that pace that Man United have got for breaking and, yeah, just getting caught in the counter and then Man United being not just kind of sit in. But did, there was definitely a feel of, yeah, we just don't want to
1: lose this. He's been more conservative. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the double pivot before, but also conservative with his substitutions, like not, not going for it, not bringing people on and also not bringing people on, you know, with much time to actually affect the game either quite often he's he's just running the same 11 people out until you know 10 minutes to go or so
0: yeah and then the last two so and then just i guess to put into context i think both of these guys will probably score really quite well this weekend i mean two two game weeks ago home at fulham he rocked up with 14 points kevin de bruyne they beat burnley five now um he got 10 points he could have got a hell of a lot more um Bruno away from home this season has just been ridiculous. I mean, last week against, not last week, but two weeks ago against West Ham, he came off halftime, came on at halftime, sorry, still got six points. Before that, 10 points against Southampton. Game week eight, 17 points against Everton. Uh, game week five, 11 points against Newcastle. Game week two, 12 points against Brighton. Yeah, he's in a way a beast. I, the only thing that pauses me for thought is and which really pushes it in the De Bruyne category is I think Sheffield United sort of, n- they're not deluded and I think they know they're not great and I just I don't know there's a little bit of me that thinks they're not going to win I don't think they're going to win necessarily I just think that they might really really make a battle of it because one thing that this league tends to do is teams down the bottom tends to really raise their game when they know they're really under profile especially when they're playing a team like Man United who are not sort of like say Prime Liverpool or Man City from a couple of years ago, they might think we can maybe sneak this if we do like keep it really stodgy.
1: I think it was in the balance whether or not they were going to have fans as well. I think at the moment they're not, and I think the tier is the case that it has to change. So I think it's probably not. But if that swings and they get sort of their first home support of the season, that'll probably add a little bit more. I'm just I hoping was... to Brewster starts <laughs> for once. That's just insane for this game. I suppose yeah. Sheffield
2: United have got the ability to be stodgy. Whereas I think West Brom just are just so abject at the back that they could quite easily get picked off for, for a handful. Yeah, West Brom now
1: seem to be like you know, yeah, I guess they're both they're, they're both relegation candidates. But I mean, West West Brom, yeah, it's just too much there.
2: I think it's quite good though having at least two standout candidates. For, so yeah, things are going to get kind of split a wee bit. It's not like this week where everybody's just on Salah. Yeah.
1: And then that's yeah, why we were no, talking about yeah. Brighton before, because there's sort of four or so teams above them. Because at the start, we're obviously saying Fulham and um, West Brom, not a chance, but now Fulham are sort of back in the mix and you've got Burnley, Brighton. Um, is it Newcastle perhaps? So yeah, there's, there's like one other team down there.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think, I th- like I said before, I, th- I think it's a good week for, for both. Um, I think this is... F- Fingers crossed the week that, you know, I have sort of sat around the half million mark in terms of overall ranking for a long time. I think this is the week that assuming Liverpool show up um, and are on it from the kind of first minute, this is the week that kind of Son and Kane don't sort of explode. But then again, we saw it against Crystal Palace. If anyone's going to do anything, it's going to be the pair of them. Even if it's only one goal, they're both always, always bloody involved. So,
1: I mean, the, the games for me are playing out how I sort of expected them to uh, since eight weeks ago. But yeah, they, they are still, like, that's something I saw some stat today about Son having five shots in the box over the last eight, no, maybe eight shots in the box over the last five games. One, one of the two, but, you know, his points in that in that time still being ridiculous.
0: I wrote one of the first, I think the first week I ever bought a subscription to Fantasy Football Scout and I actually properly read it was some xg article about son and he had scored like a 35 yard roaster against bournemouth having scored like two tap ins against burnley and he was reasonably new to the league and i was just thinking like yeah they're right yeah he's not gonna he's not like he's part of a midfield like he's not gonna be scoring all these goals every week i mean he's pretty much done it for the next three seasons as he's ticked along and i've always been put off with that bloody one article at the back of my mind going, yeah, XG. Yeah, he's not going to keep doing it. Oh, no, wait, hang on.
2: One chance against the Arsenal. Boom, 30-yarder right in the top corner. I right. certainly wouldn't be put off the Spurs assets if, if Fulham can score. And I thought Fulham looked really good. They, mm. they battled, they had quite a few chances. Obviously, you've got Son and Kane, who are much more clinical finishers. They're definitely going to get chances against Liverpool. It's only the one fixture. And then they're on quite a decent run once they get... Okay, the Leicester and Wolves after that, but they're on a really good run for a while.
0: Yeah, it's a strange one with them because I think when, we, when it certainly when I jumped off, it was to, and I haven't done the maths on this, but I um, I went down so I could get, like down from Kane so I could get Bruno and pimp out my midfield. And obviously Bruno's done great. So like, I'm not that annoyed with it. I think it would have been much of a muchness.
1: It's, I mean, I think it's been relatively similar I mean, yeah, I I think think tra- I've done similar transfers. I think they're maybe slightly ahead, but not as much as I maybe would have hoped for.
0: No, I mean, well, that's, that's pretty much us, guys, unless anyone's got any big rants, anything big coming up, anything controversial.
2: One no, I thing don't... that probably kind of bugged me for the weekend was Watkins getting taken off penalties. He missed his last one, but it was pretty much a perfect penalty. It came off the underside of the bar. He placed it as well as he could have. I thought yeah, it was, was getting, getting, getting in, the yeah. penalty taken off, and uh, I thought, okay, at least maybe Grealish is going to get it. But then Al Gazi kind of came out of kind of nowhere, so that's a bit of a frustrating one for me. Bringing Watkins and then finding straight off pens, but they've still got a decent run for the next week. Well, so he's yeah, Grealish set it
1: between the two of them, so it definitely seems like Grealish isn't on pens. Um, and having been a complete, definitely not swapping him out player. I mean, I pr- probably still won't, but it's. It's a little bit more of a question mark.
0: Yeah, I think my only rantish thing was I was so fucking smug last week that I'd kept Wilson. I didn't care that he blanked. He had a great fixture. They're going to do great, and then they went and scored twice, and he did knack all. And he only, you know, he ran the channels, but oh, it was a it was very frustrating because it was like I thought I had like a budget cane where I was like, well, it doesn't. Newcastle aren't going to score. If they do. Then Cal Wilson's definitely the person who's going to be involved. And he bloody wasn't. Devastated.
2: And they've still got a really good run.
0: Oh, I'm not shipping him or anything. It's just annoying. I just was like, oh, great. He's going to get a double. It's going to be great. Oh, who scored? Oh, not Wilson. I can't even remember who got the second one. Almiron scored after about 60 seconds, right?
2: Uh, It was pretty early on, yeah. It was 20 seconds, I think.
0: Do you know, I've got a genuine, right? Like one wee story before we piss off, right? I was doing the dishes listening to five live and I don't know which Newcastle player it was because it was in the middle of the interview, but they said um, it was like Mark Chapman said something like, Oh, and apparently we've been hearing rumors that Steve Bruce has had to try and calm you down in training because you had all that time off of the COVID. You've all just come back rearing and going. He was going, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're really buzzing. Like we can't wait to get out. It's going to be amazing. And I was thinking, Oh, I wonder if you could do like a wee bet on them scoring in like the first five minutes or something. like. And then it went in and out in my head as quickly as I thought it. And I thought, I, can't, I don't know what you do. Do you tweet it? Do you get in touch with William Hill directly? or You know, other bookies are available. And then I sort of just completely switched off. And then later on, I was like, wait, they scored after like 30 seconds? Like, oh. And then I was devastated. Trying to pretend I was happy on a walk with my kids when all I was thinking about was how much money I would
1: have made.
2: I wasn't sure if that was Jim Neil or his Irish cousin. Yeah,
1: was that meant to be Al Miron? Because he's definitely um, adopted <laughs> the absentee, so. I remember the
0: same joke. Anytime anyone does an impersonation, they always go, what part of Jamaica is that Jordy from? Huh? <laughs> okay, at least I'm bringing some accents. Right, that's us, boys. Well done. Cheers. 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 Cheers.
1: <laughs> well, that bit wasn't on the pod. Well, that was.
0: <laughs> well, I need
1: to go.